Hello, welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. So glad that you are here today and want to invite you to uh, uh, jump in here with us as we begin a interview, a conversation, and a little bit of time with Jeremiah Cox from Champaign, Illinois. Glad you're here, Jeremiah. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we get too far, I want to invite you to um, rate this podcast and to share it with other worship leaders and worship folks in your ministry and um, to join us on the Facebook page and the blog uh, website, worshipleadertoolbox.com. And so um, every once in a while, we just want to spend some time talking with worship leaders and think about uh, what we might learn from that to help in our own ministries in life. So Jeremiah, tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I am a um, worship leader at Quest Church um, in Urbana, Illinois, and uh, my wife and I uh, moved to Champaign to start a new church um, back in 2004. So we, um, as, a, as our story goes, <clears throat> I like to say that we, uh, we were going to move to St. Louis. We had a whole plan for our life. We even like picked out an apartment. I was going to get, you know, Cardinal season tickets. We're going to do like the whole thing, right? We we're going to move to St. Louis, move to the big city. And um, I was uh, being, I was doing some worship leading uh, at the time throughout college at different retreats and stuff like that. And one of the guys who was leading one of the retreats um, that I was leading the music for was starting a new church in Champaign. And his name is Andy, who uh, you may know Tim is your current boss. Uh, and, uh, Andy um, knew me from that and just sat me down once and one day and said, hey, we'd love to talk to you about being my worship leader at this new church I'm starting in Champaign. And so um, my wife and I, or my fiance at the time, now wife, um, you know, we are never one to, just to say no. We'll just always hear somebody out, you know, if somebody comes to you and wants to ask something. And um, so, of course, we, we took the meeting. I took the meeting and he kind of laid out his vision for what the church would be. And um, so that sounds interesting, but probably not. You know, again, we kind of have things planned about where we're going to go after we graduate. Um, but we did think that um, if we went and visited the church that this new church would be starting from, it was going to be, um, it's, a, it's a new church start, but it was going to be um, birthed is, is, the, is the actual technical term for church, for church planning. Um, and so we thought, you know, if we go check out the church that this new church is going to be birthed from, um, you know, it'll have different, stylistically, it would be different most likely than, than, than the new church, but the DNA would be the same as far as like the people and the atmosphere. And so we went and visited um, that church on a Sunday morning. It's a New Horizon church uh, out of Champaign. And we just fell in love with the people there. Um, the, the, the preaching was amazing. Um, and we got back into our car and we didn't drive but two blocks back to uh, east on our way back to eastern when we said that this is where god's calling us to be so wow. we scrapped all those scrapped all those plans and we moved to champagne um thought we'd be only there for maybe five or six years before we moved and settled somewhere else maybe closer to parents but just really um this has become home to us and now i've been in that same church now for going on 16 years yeah wow that's amazing and now you got to drive three hours to cardinals games <laughs> that's right no no cardinals games this year though so yeah, that's true. sad makes it easier though <laughs> yeah, it's true saves you time all right so that's an awesome story so tell tell us about the church as it is now a little bit about what yeah so for a long time we were uh, nomadic so we didn't have our own building 
Um, and we were like that for, gosh, I'm terrible with years and, and that kind of stuff. But I think, if I remember right, we were nomadic for at least eight or nine years. And so every Sunday morning, we would move our stuff into either uh, hotel conference centers or gymnasiums. And we would set everything up every Sunday morning and we have to tear it down every Sunday morning, the chairs, the stage, everything, sound system, screen. Um, and so we did that for a long time. And um, then a few years uh, ago, there was a church in Urbana Grace, United Methodist Church. And they were a much older congregation than we were. Um, they they were, um, on, on, have been on a, uh, on a pretty steady decline for a few years. And they kind of saw us and what they saw that we had youth and we had young people and kids and have, you know, been growing, uh, but don't have a building. Um, and, but they had what we didn't have, which was a building and kind of land. Uh, and, and so they, they invited us to kind of basically um, move in with them. Uh, I like to say we lived in sin for a couple of years where we, we both shared the same building. Uh, we even moved our offices uh, into there. Um, and then after doing that for about two years, we um, officially merged with that church. And technically we formed a new church. Um, and so we became Quest Church, a community of grace is our technical um, name. And so um, we now have, um, so our, our two styles, we still have the two different kinds of worship services. So Quest has always been, you know, a modern um, worship style and Grace was a um, traditional Methodist style. So we still, so, so now even when we merge, we still have um, a traditional service in the morning um, and the, or the first thing in the morning and then our, our modern service, which has always been kind of like what Quest has always been um, right after that. So um, it's been, it's been not without hiccups for sure. Um, but I think it's been, it's been a good thing. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, um, what, what's a bright spot in the ministry right now? Um, I think, well, right now is a, obviously a crazy time. Yeah, actually, before we say that, we yeah. should, um, we should tell, tell us quick the, the, um, the kind of flow and schedule. I know you mentioned the worship times, but kind of the work week flow for you before and mm -hmm. and now with all the pandemic stuff then you can get yeah. to the bright spot it'll be easier to explain <laughs> sure yeah totally so um for me I mean, our staff is fairly small it's just me um i'm full-time um andy or you know was was the pastor for a long time casey is my is our pastor now uh we have an administrative assistant and then we also have a full-time um children and youth um minister um angel and so our work week is basically, um, I pick out the songs sometime early on in, in, in the week. Um, I get those out to um, my volunteer band members. Um, and we don't, we stopped having weekly rehearsals a long time ago. Um, I think being the size we are, we're not a huge church, but then also just being in Champaign, it seems like a lot of people maybe are taking classes at night or even teaching classes at night at the university. Um, and so just coming up with a weekly rehearsal time was just a huge headache. We were always having to um, switch the times. And so basically, um, I just adopted the, the um, strategy of just um, encouraging and trusting that my team is going to rehearse on their own time. And so um, we just, they just come on Sunday mornings now and we get there super early. We get, they, they get there about seven o'clock sharp. 
and we um, run through the songs maybe twice, but usually about one. You can go through each song once. Um, and uh, we do a rehearsal from seven to about eight, eight, and then we have to clear the, clear the platform and then the uh, traditional service comes in. Um, and that happens from nine to 10. And then our band is back up there at 10 to plug back in. And then we have our modern service at 10.30. So I do help out um, at the traditional service at times. Sometimes I'll, I'll leave some songs with guitar um, or I might do like some liturgy for that service. Um, but most of my time and energy is put into the uh, into doing the um, music and graphics and video um, for all for for both services. Um, but modern usually takes a little bit more more of my time. So. Do you usually um, do you usually incorporate some of the video type stuff that you do or little little tidbits? Are they in both services? Yeah, yeah, they usually are in both services. So we, I mean, it's the same message in both services. Um, and then if I make a video, but honestly, it's been interesting. Um, I at times even have to make two different versions of the video because um, our first service is a much, much older crowd. Um, and so like even things like background music can be distracting. And so, so, so a lot of times I'll even make two versions of, of videos, one with background music and then one with very minimal or even no background music. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, it's just, it's trying, trying to think about your, who's, who's watching it. Um, and then also adding subtitles. Uh, I started adding sub subtitles on almost every single video I do now, because at first it was to help our older congregation who it's harder for, for them to hear, but then also now on social media, um, it's good to have subtitles on all your videos anyway, because people watch a lot of times, you know, either during meetings when they don't want to turn their volume up or, or, or wherever, you know, it's, it's in still the waiting room somewhere. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Is so, it hard to put subtitles on or does it do it? Gen does it generate automatically a, somehow? Man, um, video editing, um, is, is probably the main thing I do in my life for a living and subtitles are probably the most annoying part of that. There's just <laughs> nobody, nobody has created a good way or if anybody's listening to this, my gosh, please contact me. Let me know. But, uh, there is just not an easy way of making subtitles yet. With all the technology we have, nobody's cracked that. Huh. So strange. So, so that's that's good. That's a lot of interesting. Um, every every single church is so unique. It's just unbelievable just to think about how things work. And and even and even the church you're describing being a United Methodist church is unusual on several fronts. Just yeah, being planted and then merging with the church. Those are like two pretty uh, things that oftentimes aren't successful <laughs> so yeah yeah and, and and honestly um you know i forget what the stats were of course when we started the church i i could i could, I could have told them to you 10 years ago but i've basically it's something you know like 50 percent of the of new churches don't make it past year one 75 percent of those will make it past year three and then like 90 percent of those don't make it past year five something crazy like that yeah um but i think one of the best things we did um was that we didn't get a, we didn't jump into a building too soon that's like the thing that sinks new churches the yeah. most and so whereas that was for me frustrating because i just i couldn't stand uh the you know the setting up and tearing down every week it was just mm -hmm. so just annoying and took so much time but that is honestly one of the things that probably saved us um early on so yeah just no overhead yep or low overhead <laughs> 
Right. We kind of did the same thing, except the gross part was, is we had a building, but we moved one of the services to the gym. So we set up stage every single Sunday for seven years. <laughs> and then we finally in got your own, to, in your own building. Yeah. And then we finally got to marry Rachel. Then we had to work a seven years, another seven years to, uh, <laughs> just, we, we, from 04 until 11, we set up a stage every Saturday night or Sunday morning after all the sports were done, rolled out the soundboard, put all the instruments out. Wow. And anything we bought in that time was basically renting because <laughs> if you're just inviting a volunteer group or some custodial staff or whoever it was at the time to roll out a drum set, the toms always stayed on there and it was always on a dolly, just like getting shoved in the closet and then back <laughs> up on the stage. And it's surprising it even survived. Well, so um, what is your, uh, did, did in all that, you said a lot of great stuff, but did you say a little bright spot? You were going to start one earlier and then we went to the, the flow of your week and <clears throat> well, the bright spot in the middle <clears throat> right, right now, even in the midst of all the pandemic stuff. <clears throat> I think it's Bes- been cool. Besides captioning your videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, it's, it's been really cool with um, kind of going everything online. What's been, what's been neat about it is um, seeing the people who have reconnected with the church that we basically kind of fell off our radar, kind of fell off the map either in the past year or a couple of years, they've kind of re-engaged, which has been really interesting. Um, and so, and apparently even some people have even started giving to the church who just stopped giving a few years ago. Not that that's what it's about, but when somebody gives, that's a sign that they are literally investing, Yeah, you know? Um, and so that's been really cool. And, um, I'd say overall, um, like our, our giving has remained fairly stable, which has been great. Uh, and again, another sign that people are still, still engaged. And so, um, it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, I, mean, I think everybody's asking the same stuff about what's going to happen to a t- church attendance when we get back. But in the meantime, um, it's been encouraging just to see people um, stay connected. Um, our <clears throat> our home groups, our small groups, uh, attendance has remained uh, pretty high um, all over Zoom um, for the most part. But um, I think it's really... Um, taught people throughout all of this that just kind of reminding people of the importance of oh yeah this is why church is important this is why the mm-hmm. body of believers is important i actually do need this yeah. um and so that's been really cool that is good so um we don't have much time left but you've been at a church now if you said oh four or whenever that was until 2020 so that's like 16 years roughly yep some of that part-time some of it full-time various capacities so are, are there any insights you have into a lot of staff people don't stay at churches, worship mm-hmm. leaders, youth pastors, and various others, maybe worship leaders stay longer than youth pastors in terms of like stereotypical kind of, you know, transitioning, yeah. but, but what are some insights you have of being at a church for 16 years in a staff role like that? <clears throat> well, so it, it is really interesting because I, um, we started, you know, I was instrumental in starting the church. Right. And so, um, I've never been a, a kind of, you know, a church employee that applies to different churches. Now, there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just, I've never been that guy, right? I've never submitted an application yeah. for a church, gone for an interview and, 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 and done that. And so to me, this church is our 
family and this is why we moved here these are my best friends these are you know um if something terrible happens to my family these are the people i'm i'm calling in the middle of the night before i even call my own parents right like the, the, these are these are the people i will live and die for hmm. and so um so to me it's just it's just just been part of who we are and so which at times can be terrible if something's wrong at your at your you know um the the very few times that I've had issues for you know with my church leadership or whatever that's also meant that I've had issues with my literally my best friend who is you know who is leading our lead team right yeah our our admin council or whatever you call it at the time and so um but for the most part for the overwhelming majority it's been it's been good and so I haven't even entertained ever looking for other jobs just because it's so ingrained in our life this is again so why we moved here this is these are these are our this is our family right yeah. um and so um any insights would just be you know gosh if you can start if you help start a church you know <laughs> and you survive it I just well, but, I, but i think that friendship thing a lot of people feel like they shouldn't really be friend friends with people at their right. church and that's kind of a little bit of an old school sort of thing that you know used to be that you have to stay a little bit apart so there's not you know issues and some of the stuff you were describing but on the other hand um you know a lot of people run around and say that's ridiculous because how in the world are you going to invest in a place i mean those those are kind of like you just mentioned those are your people and that's where you're at and um yeah and i like your phrase that you know and, and again there's nothing wrong with people moving here and god calls different people different places mm-hmm. and um it's interesting the idea that it's kind of like one of the things that you could glean from what you just said would be that it's not really a job. <laughs> I mean, you're employed there and you're getting paid, but it's more like you're, you're living out your life there. I mean, you're, right. And, and it might come to an end some point. I mean, you something might change and that's fine, but you know, to be a hundred percent in while it's happening. Right. And, and then, there are people, in, and there are people in scripture that, I mean, some people in scripture were called to go to new places and some people were called to stay right where they were. And so you gotta, you gotta go. Abraham had to leave and Noah had to stay. So, you know, it's going to just depend on where God's leading you. And then, and just also just from a, this isn't, this part isn't as much spiritual as it is just practical. Um, But I've also um, about 12 years ago, started my own video production business on the side. And what that has allowed me to do is (laughs) if I have had other churches come and, you know, talk to me about going to their church to, to, you know, to, uh, to be on their staff. If they have, if they've come and they said, Hey, financially, this would be, you know, put you in a better spot for your family. Having kind of a side gig has allowed me to not have to worry about, you know, chasing or going after kind of the, the next pay raise. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so um, it's, it's just, yeah, I've, I've often said that like doing, having this, this side business that I do at nights and on the weekends has allowed me to just stay right where I'm at and not have to even, I don't even think about those other opportunities. Yeah, that is so good. We, you, we could have a whole nother talk about, it seems like every worship leader type person or any worship art person has more than one job. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I was talking to somebody the other day about it, just saying that it's, it, it's partly the idea that there's an outlet for creativity and that's one that could be some of the drive for it. Like you don't get to do what you normally do. Although you seem like you do both in both worlds as far as video goes. Yeah. 
but some of its income, like you just talked about, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a blessing to the church for somebody to be able to, you know, have, uh, be able to serve in a role that isn't going to just keep, you know, scrolling up as, as age scrolls up and right. you know, unlike some other businesses that might happen like that. So that's really cool. All right. Well, a couple more things. Actually, there's one more. And that's just, if you have any thoughts about communicating with, um, leadership in your church, senior pastor primarily, because when you are, um, I read a book once called in search of Timothy and the idea that Timothy was an assistant to Paul and, um, and just the, the power of somebody being there to help support somebody else. So now you've had like two pastors in this church, basically one mm-hmm. to help start it was there for a decade or so. And then, or longer. And then the new person who is also there. So what are some just tidbits to communicating as a worship leader? How do you keep all that straight? <clears throat> so um, for me, I have just always, uh, and it's interesting that my, my first pastor is now your pastor. And so uh, I, I just have always been just brutally honest with anything with, 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 with both pastors uh, that I've worked under. And overwhelmingly, they have been awesome bosses. I mean, I, I don't think I would have been at Quest as long as I was if Andy wasn't a great boss, right? Um, yeah. And now Casey. And so, but whenever I have had, I mean, and honestly, like, again, with, with Andy, I could probably, you know, go back in my mind and think of like two, maybe, maybe two times in the 12 years we worked together that I had to go to him with an issue. And um, I remember what being in, being in one meeting with him, I think it was like a staff meeting and something was said. And for whatever reason, it just didn't sit well with me. And we stopped the meeting and I went across my, you know, across the hall into my office and he was, he was in his office. I think I sat there for maybe 15 minutes, just kind of stewing on it. And then I just got up and walked right back across the office, you know, or across the hallway, closed the door and said, Hey, here, I think this is what was said. And this is why it bothers me. And we hashed it out and we we're, we we're all good. Like, it's just, I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's just, it's just a, you know, a healthy way. Instead of going home and being ticked at my boss for the rest of the night, it's just, just like in any relationship, a marriage or, or a friendship or whatever. Um, I just think it's the same thing. And just being, just being totally, um, and just sometimes uncomfortably honest, um, mm. with, with them and, and not be afraid if, if, if you think that they've done something wrong or said something wrong or, or, or not even wrong, but just something that, that doesn't sit well with you, don't be afraid of just, of just having the guts just to tell them. And oh. I and just, whenever, every time you do that, um, assuming that, that, that they're good uh, bosses, which and again, I've had amazing bosses, uh, they will take that. And then, then when you leave, your trust is built up that much more every time you do it. So, well, and it's, I mean, the alternative is to have the annoyance and then let it out in other ways besides just talking to him. Right. So yeah. what and, you're describing and, is just general self-aware, good, normal behavior. Exactly right. <laughs> well, and, and then I, I also grew up as a preacher's kid. Right. And so my dad was always, um, we were always moving into churches that were very unhealthy and he would, and he was, he was kind of the the fixer, I guess, is kind of what, what he was. His specialty is he would, he would go into dysfunctional churches and kind of get them working in a healthy way, which meant he would go into churches and have a lot of enemies of just pe- people who loved, you know, the the, yeah. the way that it was working. And he's coming in, and um, but I will always remember the people in his church who stood up for him and and who would um, just 
just always were supportive of the lead pastor. And so I always, growing up, I thought to myself, I'm always going to be that guy. I'm, hmm. I'm always going to go to bat for our lead pastor. And I, I will, we will hash it out behind closed doors. We will, we will, we'll, we'll argue, we'll do whatever we need to do. But when I'm, when I am out there in, in the church, he, he, he is always going, he or she is always going to know Jeremiah's got my back. And so hmm. I, I just think that is so important for not, not just the worship leaders or people on staff, but people on leadership, right. Is just to have a united front. Yeah. Um, and so, um, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeremiah it has been great to talk to you. So Jeremiah and I also have a whole nother connection of the harvest world. And it is true. You mentioned that Andy, who was the pastor of quest when it started in the Methodist church, at least in case you're not familiar with the Methodist system gets appointed to different churches. So he got appointed to Troy where I'm serving as a worship leader. So we have this triangle connection and we've also known each other for a long, long time. And, um, and just out of sheer excitement from having so much time at home during COVID, we actually have two podcasts going. One is for worship leaders, which you're listening to now. And the other is our harvest ministry podcast. So, um, I'm gonna try to get Jeremiah on there. And if you're interested, you could just look up Tim Price and harvest and we'll just talk a little bit about life since we didn't get to do that too much on this one. But before we go, Jeremiah, real quick, if you could just share, you mentioned your video company and you mentioned um, uh, just the, the opportunity you've done sometimes talk to people on different things. So tell us real quick how people like can connect with you on video or social media or any of those. Uh, yeah, so you can just connect with me on Facebook um, and on Instagram, this is Jeremiah Cox. Um, and uh, my business for weddings is Park Life Films. Um, and then I also have a, uh, my, any kind of creative or video work that aren't weddings, it's just jeremiahcox.com. So um, you can go to jeremiahcox.com for all of your Jeremiah Cox <laughs> needs, <laughs> which, are, which are very few, so. You never know. If you, if you really need something, you need it. <laughs> we, we always talk, I know photography is different than videography in some sense, but we always think back and talk about how good the photographer in our wedding was. And the pictures turned out good and all that was good. But the, the part that was unique was that she really took the bull, bull by the horns and, and went crazy when like there was some issue with the cake or something. I don't remember. Oh and yeah. Boutonnieres weren't straight. And so that, that falls on the photography world, but she didn't really like sit around timid. She was like, Hey, come here. Just like got it all working. And so we, we talked about her a long, long time after that whole thing was over. Yeah. Yeah. A, a good photographer or videographer who are like pros. I mean, they're, they're kind of like a second little w uh, wedding planner because we just know how things are going and it drives us nuts. If things are, yeah. are not smooth sailing. Well, and, plus yeah. you do want, you do want so often that you just know. But we will wind down and we appreciate everybody listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. And thank you for your ministry, Jeremiah, and uh, time today on the podcast. And I um, want to encourage you to keep being faithful in your ministry. And if, uh, if we can connect and be helpful in any way, please reach out and do that. We'll see Thanks you next time. Thanks for having time. me, Tim. Thanks.